We mentioned that we were going to talk about violence in classrooms, violent incidents in classrooms. Took about 30 seconds to get our first text. Want me to read it? It says, I know of an incident in a school where a student threatened a teacher and their family and then waited for the teacher at their car at the end of the day. The student was not suspended. They were in school the next day. And in that teacher's class... Things need to change. That's from a text. And you can text us, 519-643-2222. My name is Mike Stubbs. I have a document that says in the month of October, there were 958 violent incidents reported through Thames Valley. Now, that's something that we need some perspective on because I don't know about you, 958 incidents of anything in a month sounds like a ton. But if it's normally 19,000, 9,000, well, we're in a better place. I'm thinking that's not the case. Joining us right now is Craig Smith. He is the local president for the Elementary Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario, Thames Valley. Craig, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Good afternoon, Mike. Took 30 seconds to get a text with a story that is really unnerving. Looking at these numbers, this feels really unnerving. And let me say it again, 958 violent incidents reported in the month of October. Craig, we need you to help us understand what that 958 represents. What are we talking about there? We're talking about um, now, so this is through the Joint Health and Safety Committee that we share with the board, and these would be incidents that involve staff. So it could be principals, could be teachers, could be EAs, ECs, anyone who is working in a school. So these numbers are, you know, particularly around uh, incidents that are considered violent in nature. Um, So before I get into the sort of nature of just the numbers that you had mentioned, whether this is high or low, um, in May of last year, we had 599 reported. In June, around 500. Uh, In September of this school year, 512. And then uh, 958 in October. Um, I think it's safe to say that the incidents have increased in number. There is also probably a portion of this which is uh, more are being reported. We know that the incidents of violence are usually underreported, but so we think there's more reporting happening, but um, there is an increase, obviously, and a troubling increase on things that can range from, you know, uh, there are the usual workplace hazards that, that teachers can suffer, you know, slips, trips, and falls, and all that. These are not acts of violence. These are interactions mostly with students, uh, and and I will say, just of the 958, uh, over 700 of those incidents that were reported involved an object. So you okay, know, run not... that bias again, because Craig, as we listen, we can average it out. It's it's 30 a day. This is just Thames Valley, and how many of those had an object involved in it? So 958 reported. Well over 700 uh, had an object involved. And An that, object. of course, leads to in yeah, and that can range from well, you you and your listeners will know an object can range from any uh, you know be just about anything that's found in a, in a school uh, or in a classroom. So um, yeah, a, a disproportionate number of those uh, you know involved 
objects. And so that is that's really troubling, um, not only because the number is, and I have to say, in 20 plus years that I've been involved in this line of work, I've never seen numbers like that. Um, the 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 issue is it's it's not only a safety issue, uh, but on a deeper level as well, it's soul destroying for teachers, and it's not it's got to be difficult for students who are immersed in these situations on a daily basis and are bearing witness. Most students are not involved in these situations, but are are seeing them, and and so we have a problem that is of. Becoming, I think, of, a, of, of, uh, of, of an epic and crisis level. And, and we need to do something about it pretty fast because schools are meant to be safe places for teachers to work and safe places for students to learn. And right now, that kind of goal is being challenged by these numbers. We're talking with Craig Smith, who is the local president of the Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario, Thames Valley. We're talking about 958 violent incidents being reported. As Craig said, the reporting could be a little bit higher, but we're talking about going from in the 500s most of the last few months of 2023, the school year months, to 958. And when we're talking about over 700 involving an object, that's a little frightening. That's a lot frightening. Craig, in terms of what can be done here, is it possible? Because you said it, it's not every student involved in this. And if we go back to when we were all in school, there were some students who caused a lot of incidents all on their own. Do we have anything that can be done in that way where students can still be removed from a school? Or are we too far beyond that where everybody gets a chance? Well, everybody gets a chance and everybody should have a chance. And that's why both for staff and for students, there are uh, is a provincial requirement for school boards to have progressive discipline policies. And basically, there's a three-step tiered kind of intervention when situations are happening. The, the problem is inconsistency of application of progressive discipline um, and progressive discipline not as a negative but to provide structure and support for the students who may be at the center of, of acts of uh, violence and and uh, and also uh, support for students who may are, are on the receiving end of this and staff who are on the receiving end of this so it's not meant i don't think to be harsh or judgmental or authoritarian, but we do need a structure in place that will allow us to proceed. So we do have, you know, that students can be suspended and expelled. Again, it's not the the first um, uh, goal here. The goal, I think, is really to provide all parties uh, at the school with the support they need so that, that we can do our jobs as teachers safely and, and in 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 knowing that the schools we're in are safe um, and for students and more important as just as important for parents to know that the schools are safe how we get there um, there is no one or magic solution to this the violence that we experience both in the broader society which is reflected to some extent in in the schools um, is a complicated set of problems and so what i think it really requires is an honest and open discussion about what's going on day in and day out uh, throughout our district and, frankly, throughout the province. Um, but we also need to have all of the parties at the table. We need the government. We need school boards. We need the federations. 
we need the parents to be together to create um, uh, basically what we've we've been ad, uh, advocating for a number of for a number of years a concrete and measurable and supported um, application of an uh, an anti-violence action plan that that is supported from the ministry level down not just with words not just with with good intentions but with cold hard resources that will uh, stabilize our schools and get them back on track because this is not only difficult, uh, you know, in a, on a case-by-case basis, it is combining to undermine, I think, uh, confidence in the public education system, which we know is under tremendous strain on a good day. So if we can get those parties together to commit to work, I think we need an anti-violence action plan that, state, that it has at its core a stated goal that we will do everything we can to eliminate violence in our schools. We know we will never entirely meet that goal, but if we don't have that as a goal, then what we're saying is, well, you know, this level's okay. And I don't think anybody would look at the numbers that we're looking at right now and say things are okay. Craig, really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you, Mike. Always a pleasure, and I appreciate you uh, bringing this matter to uh, the attention of your listeners. Absolutely. That's Craig Smith. He's the local president of the Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario, Thames Valley. So that's that's how Craig is laying it out. And we do know that this exists. And you do know that a lot of times you can tell parents and parents will say, ah, you guys deal with it. You do it. No, in the school, my kid is your problem when it is the parenting largely that creates that problem. So where do we go with this? Well, that strategy, absolutely. But how do you get how do you get from talking to action? So many times we get stuck talking. We do a lot of talking on a talk show, but we're not here to set policy and enact policy. We're here just to hash out what is and is not happening. And right now, safety in schools, that's a question mark when you look at how many violent incidents just in Thames Valley, 958, were reported in the month of October. We have an issue here, and so I'm wondering, can I throw some things out at you, and then you tell me, mm, that's going too far. Mm, that's okay, but that other thing's still going too far. So here's what I want to try. If you're just joining us, here's what Craig and I were talking about. In the month of October, there were 958 violent incidents reported by teachers and staff in the Thames Valley District School Board. So how does that compare? Well, if we take May, June, September, those totals were in the 500s. Could it be that we just have more reports? Absolutely. Absolutely. But 500s to 900s is a big jump. Does that mean there were 400 more reports just because people said, oh, we should be reporting these things? Oh, I did not know that. Let me report these things. So I do want to give that caveat. In the end, we do know that it is far harder to be a teacher. If you think back, if you were in school, whenever you were in high school, whether it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 40 years ago, doesn't matter, whenever it was, whenever you were in elementary school, you know that you had kids in the class that we used to just call bad kids, right? They, they were the bad. They got in trouble, those kids. They got in trouble. 
They did things that got them in trouble. Now, it could be anything from throwing a snowball, which you weren't allowed to do, to you name it. You know, talking back to the teacher, whatever it was. If someone talked back to the teacher 40 years ago, (gasps) the whole class was stunned. Now, that's Tuesday. Really. So, teachers have it different. Staff have it different. It's not the same place that it used to be. In your entire school career, did you ever see a teacher threatened with an object? No. No. If anything, did you see a student who had maybe a teacher raising a ruler to them? Not that they'd ever hit them with it, but they didn't raise it. They were allowed to do that. Good luck doing that now. You can't. So here's the question in all of this. We need something that says to the kids, hey, you can't do that. You can't have that attitude. You can't behave that way. And as Craig Smith pointed out, there is a system that is in place right now where punishments become more severe for those who offend and offend and reoffend and reoffend. But you have to have the consistency of someone being willing to do that and really hold them to whatever the punishment is. And I, in reading between the lines a little bit, I don't know if you heard Craig speaking, but in reading between the lines, it sounds like we don't have that consistency from everyone. Where they're not willing to do that. Let's give somebody that second and third chance because, and this is legit, if we boot them from school, if we suspend them, what are they going to do? They're going to take a vacation, they're going to fall further behind in their classes, and they're going to be lost. If we expel them, they may never get into another school, and especially at the high school level, they may wind up going absolutely nowhere in life. You name it. You want to create the scenario, you can create it. You can include drugs, you can include whatever you want. They could easily go in the wrong direction. And I get that. But... We can't have them continuously acting out, not doing their work. I can tell you stories from my kids. The one girl who came to one of my son's classes and slept on the floor for an entire semester. That's what she did. She just laid down on the floor an entire semester. That was going to school for her. At least she was there. Maybe she absorbed some things by osmosis. Maybe she dreamed about some of the things that the teacher was saying, but probably didn't do overly well in the class. And no matter what the teacher would do, that's what that student was doing. So what can we do? What exactly can we do? Let me throw out a couple of ideas, and then you tell me how they sound. We expel people, and we let them, hey, you want to you wanna go and you want to be this way? You are out. And your parents can deal with it. Now, half the time in a situation like that or however much of the time, how many times are the parents going to help out? They were probably part of the problem in the first place. So we expel them. We just say, forget it. You had all of your chances. You've exhausted everything. Not wanted here. It's what used to happen. We suspend. Okay, they get that vacation. We allow them just to continuously do what they're doing. Is that just the way to go? One of the things that Craig Smith brought up was the idea that they need some kind of action plan that is carried out, that all levels, whether it be 
the unions, the board, the government, everybody's got to get together and got to be on the same page. And in those instances, what do we get? We get a lot of talking. We get some ideas. But then sometimes those ideas are difficult for teachers and staff to carry out. So what next? Do we hire security staff to put in schools? Can we do that? Is that going too far? And is that security staff allowed to touch a kid? That's another question. Because we used to have threats. We don't have threats. And I'm not saying you need to have threats, but there has to be something that a student can lose out on in order for them to want to play the game, in order for them to want to do what they're supposed to do in school. There has to be some kind of consequence. And that's all you need. Parenting is about consequences. And it's about creating proper consequences. It's a difficult thing to do. But that's what it's about. So what do we do in this? We'll talk more about it in a minute. If you want to weigh in, 519-643-2222. Because 958 reported incidents, I don't care if more people are reporting them. The fact is, they're not dreaming these up. So we don't need to sit here and nitpick at the severity of these incidents. The fact is, this is it. If you had 958 incidents of students talking back and disrupting a class, that's enough. That's not helping the other students. But what do we do to fix the student who's doing it? Here's an idea. And remember, there are no bad ideas in brainstorming. I like where this one goes. Here it is. Have the parents sit in the classroom with the student every day. Or start teaching them respect younger. We had the fear of God put into us when we were in school, a healthy respect from the first day to the last day. And I agree with that. We did have that fear of God or the fear of the strap or the fear of the teacher, fear of the principal. And you don't want to say, hey, life needs to be built on fear. It doesn't. It doesn't. But at the same time, there is too little that educators can do now. We've gone way too far the other way. And I love the idea of parents coming and sitting in the classroom. And parents are going to say, I can't do that. I've got to put food on the table. I get this. As a hypothetical, I love this idea. First off, your student will probably behave a whole lot better. The issue that exists is if the parent has been a part of creating the little monster that exists in the classroom, and there's a good chance that they have been, then... You can't fix this in a day. And sitting there and having the student behave for one day because their mom or their dad is in the class, the mom or the dad obviously will create a distraction. So there are there – are, but I love the hypothetical idea of this. You know what? Your kid's going to act out. How about you come to school with them and make sure they don't? That's something that would help us out in the education system. 519-643-2222. Let's go to the phones and say hi to Eric. Eric, how do you feel about this? Um, I just want to comment on the numbers of reports being reported. I, in my opinion, that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's so many instances that aren't being reported uh, just because of... Uh, we. I'm in the EA myself, and we know that there, there nothing will be done because of these reports. Nothing has been done. Um just today, myself, I had about eight eight objects thrown at me. A table flipped on me. Uh, three students. And this is wait a minute, Eric. This student. is today. 
This is you being at work today. You had eight things thrown at you. So what sorts of things or nothing should be thrown at you? What sorts of things are flying at you? Well, anything that this uh, student gets hands on, pencils, erasers, lunch pails, um, his, his table, uh, his blanket, his chair. Um, so anything that is, is this usual free. behavior from the student? This, this is a daily basis. Should the student be in the school? Is that something we need to look at? That some students just don't belong in schools. Well, this is this student is a two to one. He has two EAs, and we are ninety percent of the time in our own separate room. And anytime we try to integrate into the main classroom, a student either gets hit or injured, or he they hear uh, tons of profanity. Wow. And yet and there great, isn't much is you can do free. other than you you just you play facilitator every day it sounds like. You yeah, just try forced, and make things yeah. as easy as possible for that person. Yes, we're forced to uh integrate into the classroom because it's uh inclusion. So whenever he is not doing anything destructive then he's in that room but he's he's injuring and hurting students. They're scared of him when they walk when he walks by they cringe. They move their desks. You can see the fear. This is grade three. I have a daughter in grade three. And if any of these other parents knew what was going on in your classroom, what you're, you, you, everybody should be talking to their students and what they see and what they hear every day. Because I don't think many parents realize what their student is hearing and seeing on a daily basis. Eric, I really appreciate you taking the time to call in. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for what you do. Five one nine six four three twenty two twenty two, right there to me. And this is where I'm. I'm. I said when we get into this topic, I'm going to say some things, and you go ahead and tell me, hey, that goes too far. That student's got to be out of the school. That student cannot be in the school. And it's well, every student should have a right to an education. I'm not saying the student shouldn't have an education, but that student cannot be in that setting. We cannot be using the resources of two EAs that are basically just trying to keep other students safe and are having desks flipped on them and lunch boxes thrown at them while this student has a temper tantrum or whatever it is that the student has. That student can't be in the school. Is that a wrong thing to say? 519-643-2222. Let's go to Chris. Chris, how are you? How are you doing today? I'm okay. Good. Um, yeah, that, that last caller makes total sense. And uh, I've been working in special needs for about 35 years. And I've just come down to the to the realization that um, we're not a clinic in school. We're an education system. Like a treatment clinic. Definitely. So basically, if the kid's not ready to learn, maybe getting help to get to that point of ready to learn outside of the school. Yeah. Yeah, and and that makes perfect sense because, again, someone who is in the school who is being an absolute disruption in class is hindering others' ability to get an education. And we do hear stories like this all the time. And, Chris, you're adding to it. You've seen it. Remove the student from school. Put Are there different schools? Are there different settings they could be in? Maybe not, but is that what we need to create? Well, there's CPRI. There's... Uh... Yeah, there's there's quite a few places they can go to get treatment to help with their with their difficulties with um, anger or, or anxiety, and 
with that treatment and hopefully come back and be ready to learn. There we go. Chris, thank you so much for the call. Okay. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Thanks so much. We are talking about education based on some numbers that came out from the Thames Valley District School Board's representative and you just you look at these and you say 958 Eric called and he said yeah that number's probably low and then he talked about his role as an EA and said he had eight things thrown at him today. One was a lunchbox and a table flipped on him. They have two EAs to one student and the student is, is a violent student and does not settle down. And Chris called and he said he's worked in special needs forever. You've got to remove somebody from a situation and then put them back when they're ready to be in that situation. And that's what, he sees as being not necessarily a fix to this, but something to deal with the current situation that we're in. Five one nine six four three twenty two twenty two. We've got a few more minutes to talk about this. Let's go to the phones and say hi to Richard. Richard, how do you feel about this? Not too bad. How are you today, Mike? Well, I certainly okay. agreed right with a lot of what your last two callers had to say, and I do agree with you, Mike. Right, I do believe that number is rather low. That's only in the number of reported cases, right? I wonder how many hundreds out there, right, that haven't even gone reported. No, no child should be allowed to disrupt the whole class like that. Yes, they should definitely be removed. But before I let you go, Mike, it doesn't matter whether it's the education system or if it's the criminal justice system. In today's society, there is no accountability anymore, and there is no repercussions anymore. Very quickly, right, Mike, I read in the Toronto Sun in Saturday's edition of uh, November the 18th, right, a killer who beats a three-year-old child, right, literally to a pulp and beats her to death, and all he gets, right, is a measly six years in prison. Is that all that little aboriginal girl's life was worth, was just a lousy six years? You know, Mike, I wish I could be in charge, right, of the federal prison transfers, right, just for one day. He would get a one-way trip to Stoney, and I'll tell you, the Brotherhood in Stoney would take real good care of him. So all I've got to say, Mike, in today's society, it doesn't matter whether it's the education system, System, the criminal justice system, the health care system, there is no accountability anymore or repercussions for anyone. And that's very sad to say. On that note, Mike, you have a good day. You have a good day too, Richard. 519-643-2222. Let's go back to the phones and say hi to Ann. Ann, what can you tell us about this? Right, yeah. Um, so I teach in the system. And unfortunately, we have children who are dealing with mental health and trauma and developmental disabilities. And it really, it it comes down to money. And we're going to have to lobby for more money for special education services and for therapy. Um, we don't have therapists in the school. There's not enough psychologists. So children who we see need um, services can't get diagnosed soon enough. So it's it's often a three-year wait before they're seen by a psychologist to assess and diagnose them. There are no longer primary developmental classes because they needed to open up classes on the high school end. So it's taking longer to get children assessed and longer to get them into a program. We have a lack of educational assistance. Um, 
the Catholic board pays more than our board does, unfortunately. And so we've lost some good workers to the other board. And also some um, educational assistant degrees aren't recognized by the by the school board. Wow. So you have well, a there, lot that of... Is, and that's a, that is an incredible list of things. That's... It leaves the rest of us shaking our heads that, you know, you you go to school every day and these are the things you're dealing with every day. How do you how do you make it work every day? You have to remember that every person, every child is special and you just have to love them and you have to love them enough to break your teeth and uh, provide the best program you can give them. And thanks so much for taking the time to call today. Thank you. Take care. 519-643-2222. Joyce, how are you doing? Oh, fine, thank you. Hello? Yes. Let us yes, know how you're you. feeling about education in 2023. Uh, I feel that it's uh, gone uh, down probably every five years uh, compared to uh, when I went to school, but uh, I feel that you have to start with the problem. Um, all these other, uh, uh, you know, uh, medical health and all that, that's one thing. But the basic problem, I believe, starts at home. Uh, I think in most cases, the, the parents are the problem. I know you said earlier that uh, they can't afford to uh, take time off and sit in class. No, but uh, most parents have two, three hours in the evening. Uh, they should be going to some class at the school. Um, where they're being taught how to parent better. Um, you can't get into kids uh, when they're young. You let them do what they want. They're going to continue doing that when they start school and carry on throughout their whole educational uh, progresses. And uh, I feel like with uh, teenage children, uh, I think they should have kind of like a, a boot camp situation where if they can't behave put them somewhere where they will be taught how to behave in society and um, just become a better person. Yeah. Joyce, I love where you've taken the idea from the text that we got earlier. Thank you so much for the call. Okay. Have a great day. So let's, if you, if you didn't hear it earlier, we received a text and the text had a, a great idea in brainstorming, a great idea. And the idea was what you could do is if you have a student who acts out, and we're not talking about a student who has mental health issues or whatever it happens to be. We're talking about someone choosing to act out, okay? You bring their parents, and they sit in the classroom with the child until the child gets better. Now, again, then you're going to have arguments. Well, then I can't afford to put food on my table. I can't do this. Okay, I get that. But Joyce just took it to a different level and a, a new direction and I love this well you have time at night you want your child to continue to come to this school you will come at night and we will have someone who instructs and it, it can be one school in every city because hopefully we don't have too many parents who would fall into this situation but I'm willing to bet we've got enough to fill good sized classroom you come and you take classes yourself, I wonder what the delinquency rate would be among those parents. Because, yeah, I firmly agree with Joyce that we have parents who are the problem.
And you talk to any educator, and you will hear that. There are parents who are the problem. I've always said the words, and it doesn't always go across very well, you should have to pass a test to have a child. People don't like that, but hey, that's one of the things that I firmly believe, that we have a lot of people who aren't ready to have kids. And it's not that you can't have kids ever. It's you'd better be ready. You'd better know the job that comes. And that job does not end. It's not like, oh, well, this is an 18-year job. The job doesn't end, and it never should. You have a responsibility to make that child of yours into someone who's going to try to be making this world better. Aren't we all trying to make the world better? 519-643-2222. Let me get caught up on a couple of texts. We are going to be talking about exercise. Boy, did we ever miss out on an app. There was an app that was paying us to exercise. How did I not hear about this? Really? Paying you to exercise? And just take steps, basically. Really? How much were they paying? Well, four cents a day. But but still, over a year, that four cents, there's at least some fun money in there, right? So we're going to be talking about that in about four minutes. But I do want to get caught up on some text here. Uh, one says, Mike, what the schools used to do was send students to S.G. Ross or to Thames S.A., and they were schools that were there for students who were having troubles. All right, very true. Uh, incidents of violence, says another text, incidents of violence and aggression in the classroom, in hitting EAs, throwing desks, other objects in the classroom. The children most likely are involved, uh, the children that are most likely to be involved with those uh, are ones with independent learning plans and who require classroom supports. Even after high-risk events that disrupt the class, there are no repercussions, and often the class moves out of the room. The child needs to be removed. So in other words, while something like this is going on, yes, the class leaves, allowing the child to get whatever it is that they're having out of their system to go through whatever episode they're going through. That's what happens. And it says, my daughter-in-law is an EA who experiences this violence daily. And another one that says, Mike, where do you send troubled students if they can't handle public or high school? Do we need the creation of schools that used to be in existence to a greater degree? (sighs) My mom used to work in one of those schools. My mom went on to be an EA. The last person that she was in charge of, she needed body armor every day. And body armor is worn by EAs now. This is no way for a school to be. And we've allowed it to go a long way one way. And the person with body armor, I'll close it with this. The student with body armor that my mom used to look after, the parents would fight, fight, to have that student in school, they would fight anybody who said, hey, we have a different idea. They wanted that student, their child, in a mainstream classroom. And there was nothing that they would take for no, and there wasn't the supports from the board, so that student was there, hit, kicked, bit, punched other students, body armor for the EAs. That's just the way it was. That can't be right. We can't continue to do this. You want to know the scariest part of that? That was more than 20 years ago. We'll leave it there for now. We'll be talking about this again.